What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, as always, on a Friday is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I should be popping my bottle of champagne right now, but I'm not, and I'm sad. Are you holding up okay? I mean, I didn't even like kind of want to talk to you after the game because I just knew <laughs> like how down you probably were. So I just kind of let you be. I just said sorry. Uh, but how are you doing? I am talking my way through it. So as it just worked out, uh, I've done a show every day this week because it, uh, Lee, our Javi Vega was going to the Senior Bowl, so he couldn't do the show. It was Kyle Posey's birthday on Wednesday, so I filled in for him. Then I did the show with Levin yesterday and now with you today. So I've been talking about the end of the 49ers season every day, so I'm working my way through it. But I, I got to tell you, I'm still not all the way there. Like, I can't watch the tart drop. I can't do it. I I know. Do you think if he catches that, they win? It just no. feels you don't think so. Because they got that interception in the Super Bowl. Remember, Tarverius Moore picks off Patrick Mahomes with less time to go in a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and the 49ers lost that game. So I'm not just yeah. going to assume that Tart, you know, that seals the game. I know. That was just you could just feel it. As soon as he dropped it, you were like, damn it because every time there's a dropped interception the team scores it's every time <laughs> like it, it hurts so bad when there's a dropped interception because you know what's coming next it doesn't matter which team it is who you're going against there's always a touchdown that follows or a field goal or something and that was i just how do you drop that i, I mean i'm sure you talked about this so much on this week but like it's right there and you're an nfl player like you gotta catch that ball you're getting paid to just do the bare minimum and that's the bare minimum it was it's gonna live forever it's right up there with the kyle williams fumbles and the, all the other playoff gaffes the 49ers have had recently i uh, just want to remind everybody please rate review and follow the niners nation podcast network we always say if you take the time to leave a review we will read it on the show this one comes from jose 530 five-star review great daily podcast thank you i listen daily and hope all is well short and sweet but thank you jose very nice all right, we've got a little agenda on today's show. We are going to talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo odds, where his next team might be. That's the story that is dominating the 49ers right now. You have a couple free agent targets for the 49ers. This is like a really early preview, but I like it. I like the idea of kind of putting things, writing things down, putting them in an envelope and sort of unsealing them before next season to see if we were right, wrong or otherwise. Uh, we do have one early Super Bowl bet that you can make right now. Next week is going to be like our big Super Bowl preview show. So we're going to do most of the bets next week, but there is one that you like right now. So we'll get into that. And speaking of unsealing the envelope, Michelle, we are going to go through our early season predictions because you and I guessed every game in July. It was actually July 2nd and we made our predictions and we made a little bet. And so now it's time to see how we did and see who ultimately will have to eat something gross i believe you wanted me to eat a bowl of mayonnaise which i can't even <laughs> think about i think that should be it for both of us because it's just disgusting yes. i will have to tell the listeners you want it you were like well why don't you get a tattoo if you lose like completely not equal to eating a bowl of mayo at all or or you brought up shaving my head like yep. <laughs> how are those two things equal to eating a bowl of mayonnaise First of all, I think you're drastically underestimating how much I 
am disgusted by the thought of having mayonnaise. Second of okay. all, you already have tattoos, so it's not that big a deal for I you. I have two very small ones. Right. One is stupid. I'll, I'll give <laughs> so you that. So there you go. One is, maybe I could do like some tattoo over that. It would be fine. And then one actually has a meaning. But yeah, they're both on my feet. Like, so you don't one sees them. I'm not a big tattoo person. And then your hair grows back. So I don't no, even want to hear about no. it. Yeah, I'm just going to be walking around with a bald head and no one's going to understand why. And then I they ask, and I'm like, you know, I lost a small bet in a 49ers podcast. Like, that's not, I'm right. not shaving my head over a bet about 49ers winning or losing. I even said you could do the undercut, which is stylish as hell. And I think, by the way, would look fantastic, but you still You want my it. wife to divorce me is what you're saying. She doesn't like the undercut? No. Oh, okay. Come on. All right. <laughs> So let's start with Jimmy Garoppolo odds. These come from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, they will become official. These are hypothetical odds. So they will become official once the season is over and free agency begins. I'm stunned at the favorite. And you got to explain this to me because right now the Bucks are the favorite at plus 350. Then your Steelers. Then the Commanders. Broncos, Panthers, Saints, Texans, Colts, Dolphins, Raiders, Packers, and then the Niners at plus 2,500. Uh, I do not see any universe where Bruce Arians, the guy that loves to chuck the ball deep down the field, wants Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. Listen, the, all of these odds are giving me stress because first <laughs> off, the, I hate how high they have the Steelers. I, I just can't even imagine why they'd be looking at him. But I want to start off by saying this. Jimmy Garoppolo deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I completely agree with that. Like I've been going at him on Twitter. And yes, is he better than, because they keep pointing out how the 49ers were before him. Is he better than Brian Hoyer and CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins? Yes. No one is saying he isn't. Did he help the 49ers win some more games than they did? Yes. Like, obviously. And he deserves to go somewhere and be a starting quarterback. Like Daniel Jones was starting last year. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Taylor Heineke. Like, bad quarterbacks are out there. You can't find 32 elite quarterbacks. It's just how it is. So he's going to get a starting gig somewhere. Someone's going to trade for him. But not just any team can go trade for him and then become Super Bowl contenders or win more games. Like he has to go to a team that makes sense. That's a good fit with good coaches and a good team around him or else he's not going to be good. Like he's just not going to go from Kyle Shanahan and still continue success just anywhere. So this is what's bothering me about him potentially going to Pittsburgh because I think it's an awful, awful fit. Do you do you think it would be a good fit to go to Pittsburgh? <laughs> That's the team I keep saying when we keep talking about this. For some reason, they just stick out in my head. It seems like this is how I would sell it, right? Like this is my this is what Mike Tomlin's thinking. We have a good team. I am a good coach. We never go under 500, even when we have friggin' Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I have a championship level defense. I have playmakers in Chase Claypool. I have and Najee Harris. I can put Jimmy in there and we can do some damage. It's kind of a similar setup to what he had in San Francisco. To me, that's no, what I think the Steelers no. are thinking. This is the opposite of the setup he had. He would go from one, like he had a really solid offensive line this year. Really solid. He's going to go from that to going behind the Steelers offensive line, which I don't even know if you can name a player on that offensive line. I don't know if most people can who's listening. It's the worst offensive line in the league. 
by far. And there's not a lot of options here to get better anytime soon. Then you're going to go from Kyle Shanahan, one of the most brilliant offensive play callers in a scheme, just gets everyone open, to Matt Canada, who, if he got fired today by the Steelers, no one's calling him to be an offensive coordinator anywhere in the league. He won't even get a sync call, I don't believe. Like <laughs> but, he but- is a he's a bottom tier offensive coordinator. <laughs> don't you think that he was limited by broke ass Ben Roethlisberger? And you think he's not going to be limited by Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, you, and you, then you bring up, you take away Devo, you take away Ayuk, you take away Kittle. You'd even bring up Deontay Johnson, who, by the way, is by far our best wide receiver. And he would be great with Jimmy, right? He can separate. He can get yards after the catch. That would be his dude. He and Chase Claypool would be the worst combo of life. I mean, Chase Claypool can't separate to save his life. He's a contested catch guy. Imagine get Jimmy Garoppolo trying to get the ball to Chase Claypool. How many interceptions would that be? <laughs> like it'd be 20 interceptions in one year. The running game is awful. Najee Harris is a much better running back, I think, than Elijah Mitchell overall. But the offensive line is so bad and the scheme's so bad, it doesn't matter. They get like two yards carry. So he's going to have no help there. It's a miserable fit for him. It's a miserable fit for Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's, I just, no, I don't want him. I'm like, if they trade for him, I'm going to be so mad. I love this. So like, I want this to happen so, so much because (laughs) I feel like if this had happened before the year, like before you really started diving into the 49ers, you might've thought differently about it. But now after studying Jimmy Garoppolo and seeing what he is, you are now, I could like almost see your stomach in knots worrying that this, that not only are you going to have Jimmy Garoppolo on your team, but you're going to have to give up draft picks probably multiple picks to get him (laughs) there's too many holes on this team to be giving up draft picks i mean our linebacker core is really rough the secondary is rough with joe hayden the only good piece and he's a free agent and he's old the secondary is just overall just a disaster offensive line too many holes like you can't be giving up draft picks and we finally have cap space please don't use that all on jimmy garoppolo like that's not where we need to use it I would much rather take a chance on one of these quarterbacks in this class, maybe Malik Willis. I'm a fan of his. And if he sucks, cool. Try again in the 2023 draft class. It's much better. Don't go wasting cap space in a high. I don't know. I just, I just don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. I do think there's fits for him that we can talk about, but the Steelers is not one of them. Well, that's the other part of this is that whoever trades for Garoppolo more than likely is going to have to give him a new deal. And so if you trade for him, he's probably not going to be your quarterback for just one season. You're probably strapping in for, I would say, at least two years of Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. So that's the other part of this is like you might be more comfortable if it was like, hey, we'll take a flyer one year and see. But that's that's probably not how it's going to work out. So uh, I and they're still paying Ben money next year. So that means you're going to be paying Jimmy Garoppolo and Ben Roethlisberger like. $40 $40 million combined next year? No, you're not. What are you going to win with Jimmy? Like, what are you? Maybe you win your 10 games and you get to the playoffs and you lose in the first round. This roster, people keep saying it's a great roster. It's actually a pretty weak roster. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders at all. I, like, I don't think they have a chance to go there unless they got a Russell Wilson, maybe an Aaron Rodgers. But without an elite quarterback, they're not going anywhere. So just go cheap because the the odds of you making it far is very little anyways. All right. So 
we kind of ruled out the Buccaneers. You don't want them to go to the Steelers. Wait, why did you rule out the Buccaneers? Because Arians likes to do a vertical passing game. And that is that not what Jimmy Garoppolo is good at. He doesn't like to take the chance and he can't throw the deep ball. He can't hit guys when they're wide ass open running down the field to quote Bruce Arians. How many times did we see him miss use check when he was wide open? Not even couldn't even complete it. Missing Ayuk when nobody's around him by 15 yards. I feel like Arians would have a stroke watching Jimmy Garoppolo play. But what are their other options, right? Because I do think the Buccaneers are still going to have that mindset like we're Super Bowl contenders. We have a good team. Now, they are going to be losing their running game. I mean, both Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are free agents. So it's like, do they go with just Keyshawn Vaughn? Do they re-sign one of these guys? So, And then they have nice weapons, but Chris Godwin could also be gone. So then it's really just Mike Evans. You would expect Rob Gronkowski to also retire now. He hasn't, right? But you he would expect him to with Tom Brady going uh, nice offensive line. I don't I don't mind the Buccaneers fit. It would be hilarious for him to go there after Tom Brady. Like it just seems like such a NFL storyline that would right. happen. I like this fit more than the Steelers. You, you're so biased because you just want to <laughs> find any possible destination for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not Pittsburgh. You can go if you search on Twitter for Garoppolo and Steelers. People have done the Photoshop. It looks good, Michelle. I'm telling you. He's a sexy man, right? So he's going to look good in the black and gold. I don't care what you look like. Give me an <laughs> ugly guy for all I care. Oh. I need, I need, uh, you know, someone that's not going to cost money and do nothing to help them. But my favorite landing spot, I mm-hmm. think, and it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers, right? Because he's been linked here. I think the Denver Broncos is a perfect landing spot for him. A, the 49ers can trade him out of the NFC. I'm not sure if they're even worried about that, but they can get him out of the NFC, send him to the AFC. And then he has the whole team around him that he kind of had with the 49ers where it's a really, really solid roster. The defense is really like they're, they're becoming elite out there and they're young. Like I think they're just a super solid defense overall. They have a lot of cap space this uh, off season to fix that offensive line. They have five picks in the first three rounds. And this is supposed to be a really strong offensive line class. So I, I think they can put a nice little, little line in front of them. They are already the ninth best pass blocking line, according to PFF. Then you have guys like Jerry Judy, who's great separators and after the catch. Cortland Sutton at one time was really good after the catch. His ACL kind of ruined that. But then you have Noah Fant. And then you have Javante Williams, who's a super strong runner. And they love to run the ball. Resign Melvin Gordon if you brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, this is where I think a team that won seven games with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater could move up and win 10 games. And actually, you know, with that defense, be somewhat contenders to go far in the playoffs. Like that, that makes sense to me. I think the Broncos are a fantastic landing spot for any quarterback because of all the reasons you just said. I think that they're going after Aaron Rodgers. They hired Nathaniel Hackett, who's Aaron Rodgers' favorite coordinator. They were very, very close to getting Aaron Rodgers last season. I talked to Mark Schlereth, who played for the Broncos and hosts the radio show in Denver, who had the tweet last year that basically said Rodgers is on, you know, the deal for Rodgers is on the one yard line and it could happen. I talked to him and he said after he said that on the air, they went to break and immediately after the Broncos called his phone and they were like, who are you talking to? And Aaron Rodgers texted him and was like, who are you talking to? Who is your source on this one? So I think that he was onto something there. I think they're going to make another run at it. We've seen the Broncos 
bring in a veteran Hall of Fame quarterback before. It worked out pretty well for him when they made two Super Bowls and won one with Peyton Manning. I think they're going to go hard after Aaron Rodgers. Now, Jimmy G could be their backup plan for sure. Uh, and it's definitely a, a good fit for all the reasons you laid out. I just think their first preference, I mean, they're they're swinging for the fences there for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams will be swinging for the fences for Rodgers, but it is just a really nice setup there for the Broncos to go after him. Now he wants Devontae Adams to go with him, right? And does that make sense for the Broncos to, they just gave Cortland Sutton a big contract. I don't know why, uh, but <laughs> they do have cap space, I guess. Uh, that team would be, I mean, I, the Broncos instantly are probably a Super Bowl favorite. If they land Rodgers and they get Devontae Adams with that defense, I mean, they have a hard division, but gosh, the AFC would just be unfair and the NFC would be so easy. The I, AFC West, think about that. Rodgers on the Broncos, Mahomes on the Chiefs, Herbert on the Chargers and then the Raiders, you know, if they stick with Carr or, you know, whatever they decide to do at quarterback, that that division is every game is going to be fantastic. It's going to be so much fun to watch and great. Go ahead, Aaron. Go to the AFC. That'd be ideal for the 49ers. I would sign for that. A couple other teams on here that I'm that interest me. The Saints at plus 1000. I don't think that's crazy, although their cap situation is a mess. That's the only thing there i don't know that they would be able to make that work but i i definitely think there could be a need there although part of that's going to depend on who they hire as their head coach i know they want to talk to eric Bieniemy this weekend so that would you know we don't know what the situation would be there who would jimmy throw to i mean they don't have a wide receiver he would go from some of the best weapons to probably the worst you have elvin camara Taysom hill michael thomas is michael thomas still alive i, I don't even i know. don't know I, I doubt michael thomas plays for the saints ever again i don't yeah. really know what's going on with that man but that would be a rough landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. I could see the Saints wanting him. I don't know why he would want to go there. And then that's kind of the same thing with Washington. I'd rather go to Washington than the Saints, I guess. I don't why, know. Man, what pff, what a disaster that franchise is. They can't do anything right, Michelle. And the, the yeah, stuff I, I, I take out- that back. I'd rather go to the Saints. But I was thinking more just for the weapons. But really, right. you only have Terry McLaurin. I mean, in the rest of it, it's like the run game is pretty weak. You, Antonio Gibson's fine, but... Overall, the run game's weak, and you would only have Terry McLaurin. And the catches he makes are absurd, and a lot of the times they're contested as well, and they're just like, you know, Taylor Heineke just, like, throws it up. He doesn't care. He's <laughs> like, I'm just going to throw it up. And if it if it sucks, it sucks. I don't care. But that's not the type of guy Jimmy Garoppolo is. So I, I think he would be a bad quarterback in Washington. But I'm, Washington can want him. I was disappointed that the Curtis Samuel thing didn't work out. Like, I thought that this year – Samuel and McLaurin, like for a, a wide receiver duel, I thought that was going to be pretty good and pretty exciting. But Samuel never could get healthy this year; it just didn't work out. Um, I don't know that that Kyle Shanahan is going to want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to Daniel Snyder's team. There's still a ton of animosity there between Shanahan and Daniel Snyder. Obviously, with everything there that happened with his dad and how that whole situation worked out. Now they did make the trade for Trent Williams, but I feel like Kyle did that because he kind of felt like he was getting one over on Daniel Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know that that would influence that. I agree. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, like in terms of an organization, what a dumpster fire. I mean, the stuff that is coming out now about Daniel Snyder and things that went on with the cheerleaders and illegal recordings of disgusting disgusting stuff i would want no part of that organization just there's nothing good about the commanders right now no and um, the name sucks like what is that name 
Someone was like, you had it right there. Washington Warriors. Like, why weren't you just, why commanders? It doesn't flow at all. It's way too long. Like, way it's too brutal. long. I get so annoyed with the Buccaneers because when I have to type it at work, we have to type out the whole <laughs> thing. Like, why Why don't they let us just call them the Bucks? I don't know. But, like, they don't even have a short name. You can't be, like, calm. Like, Washington calm. Yeah, I don't. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just bad. a terrible name. It looks like name. the Madden create a team option. And they just went yeah. with that one. It's really, the, everything is bad about it. The name, the jerseys, the, everything. Um, I'm trying to look on this list here. Everybody the else. Panthers is- are high up in the odds, plus 800 on my list. I think we have different odds here. Um, I'm looking at points bet from NBC Sports. But the Panthers are so hard because they have such a bad offensive line. Like Jimmy Garoppolo would get killed behind there. I do think DJ Moore is pretty much just Devo Samuel in another body. He's just underutilized. DJ Moore's fantastic talent. He could be used the exact same way as Samuel. So that's nice that he would get that. But besides that, there's not a lot of great options. CMC, if he could stay healthy, is fantastic. But like they've failed. The Panthers have now tried to bring in a veteran quarterback and failed so many times with Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. It's like, do they go that route again? Or do they just try to get young and go through the draft? I think that they gave up. Don't forget, they gave up three picks for Sam Darnold, yeah. and they picked up his fifth-round option or fifth-year option, excuse me. So I just feel like they've had so much invested in that. Are they going to give up more picks now for another quarterback? I can't see that, although who the hell They cannot picks? go into the season with Sam Darnold as their starting quarterback, though. Wow. Unlike Jimmy Garoppolo stands, like there are no more Sam Darnold stands. He's lost. He had them last offseason, but yeah, he's lost he them all. The Panthers, like when you look at their fan base, they don't want Darnold whatsoever. Like they are all the way out on him. So I don't think that could be their option going into next year. He might still be on the roster as a backup or someone to compete for the job. They have to bring in someone else. But I think with how many times they've failed with veterans, they probably just will look at the draft. All right. So if you had to put um, an amount of money that matters to you on one of these destinations, where are you going? Goodness, it's going to be the Steelers. Steelers, I know. <laughs> it's going to be because the I would say the Broncos, but I really like it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers there, and that just makes the most sense. Now, I just heard, just read before this podcast that Aaron Rodgers is building a house in Nashville. I don't know if that matters whatsoever, and I don't think the Titans are ready to just move on from Ryan Tannehill, but interesting. Yes, and apparently, according to one report, that Rodgers is open to the Titans. I mean, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers? Why wouldn't you be? They were the first seed and they didn't even have a good quarterback play. And just overall that team, I don't even know how they were a first seed, but good coaches, nice you'd weapons. Aaron Rodgers throwing to AJ Brown and Julio Jones. And you'd have Derrick Henry in the backfield. I know who never... Adams comes wherever Rodgers goes. So you would have AJ Brown and Adams. I don't know if Julio stays at that point. And then Derrick Henry is just a beast. Yeah, that would be a crazy team. It would be wild uh, if it happened. And I always root for chaos. No, I, to me, plus 400 is what I have for DraftKings for the Steelers. That's where I'm putting my money. Like, I I think it's happening. There, It just seems to line up too well. Plus, I feel like in my lifetime, Jimmy Garoppolo is exactly the kind of quarterback the Steelers have had. Like, I remember the Steelers before Ben got there with Cordell Stewart, and Tommy Maddox and guys like that, Neil O'Donnell guys like before Ben, the Steelers always had that kind of quarterback, like good can make some throws, but limited. That was the whole thing with Bill Cowher. There was like, he never had his like real bona fide stud at quarterback. 
until Ben got there. And I think he was only Cower was only there for like one year with Ben, won the Super Bowl, and that was it. Um I, well, if I anyone's think... listening and they believe this to be true, that there's a really great chance for him to go to Pittsburgh and you play in dynasty fantasy football leagues, trade away Chase Claypool right now because that mm. duo is going to be disgusting. Chase Claypool is going to do nothing with him. It's going to be a disaster. Deontay Johnson, on the other hand, that would be nice. All right. Speaking of disaster, we made some preseason predictions before the year began. We are going to review those preseason predictions and we will determine the winner of our <gasps> bet when we come back. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. Okay, Michelle, it is time to check our preseason predictions. One of my philosophies for the network is when we make predictions, we hold ourselves accountable. We want to check in on these things because I think that's important to do when you have a platform like we do. Are you ready for our 49ers prediction check? Only if I won. You know, I don't want to be held accountable <laughs> if I lost. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, I want to congratulate both of us because each of us predicted that the 49ers would go 10 and seven on the year and the 49ers went 10 and seven on the year. So I think that deserves a little pat on the back. Good job by us. Good job. Good job. Now we also went through game by game and picked the wins and losses for the 49ers. That's where things start to get a little dicey. So (laughs) let's go through it. We both had them winning in week one. They did. Yay us. You had them losing to the Eagles in week two. And I want to give you credit because you were high on the Eagles from this. We did this in July and you were telling me in July that the Eagles were going to be better than people said. And you were right. They made the playoffs. Unfortunately, they didn't win this game. So you were wrong about that. And I was right. Yeah. We both had them winning the Packers game. I was convinced that there was no <gasps> I way. I thought I had them losing. Oh, no. I thought I made up you on that. Damn. No. What, what you- was I thinking? Trust me, we're going to say that a lot more as we go through this. We we had them losing to the Seahawks in week four, and we were nailed dead on balls accurate with that one. That was the most predictable one to me out of any of this. We both had them beating the Cardinals. That was wrong. We both had them beating the Colts. That was wrong. We both had them losing to the Bears. We were Why? We were riding the Justin Fields train. <laughs> I guess so. I was, yes. So we were wrong about that one. So, man, like we are on a losing streak. The Cardinals game, I had them winning the home game against the Cardinals that ended up being Trey Lance's first start. You had them losing, so you were correct there. So Right now we're tied. Yes. Next up, the Rams game. I had them losing the Rams. I was high on the Rams as soon as they made the Stafford trade, so I feel good about that, but I had them losing that game to the Rams. You had them winning. And they won. Congratulations to you. They won. We both had them beating the Jags. We both had them beating the Vikings. Yay, yay. Seahawks game in Seattle. You had them winning that game, which I thought was crazy. I had them losing. I was 100% right. Bengals game in Cincinnati. We both had them winning. They did win that game in overtime. Thank you, Brandon Ayuk. The Falcons game at home. I had them losing that game. I was wrong. You did not. You correctly predicted that game. That's a win for you. Three games left. Titans game on Thursday night. We both had them losing that game. I felt like that was an easy thing to see too, right? Like Thursday night, short week against a very physical team. I just some, I didn't like that game from the beginning and I picked a loss and so did you. Congratulations. Texans game week 16. We both had them winning. We were both right. We both predicted Deshaun Watson would not be the quarterback in this game. So what it comes down to Michelle is the week 18 (laughs) game. Final game of the season. But I'm up one. So the worst I can do is tie. 
Okay. Rams, you had them losing that game. No. <laughs> you were incorrect. I had the 49ers losing that game. I was also incorrect. So if you are following along at home, you have to eat mayonnaise. Michelle is the winner. You were wrong on seven games. I was wrong on eight games, which is kind of a lot. It's kind of amazing that we both predicted the correct record and we were wrong on so many games. But a lot of games wrong. I mean, we got like half of the games wrong. So now I have to eat this bowl of mayonnaise. Yeah, no. you do. No. Yeah, you do. It was a cup. So you just got to measure out a cup. Do you want me to eat it live on the show? Do you want me to just take a separate video? Do, can I eat it like throughout an entire show? How do you want this to work? Um, I think it has to be on video for sure. So maybe okay. we record our podcast or we just get on live on a different time and do it. But yeah, you definitely have to be doing it on video. Oh. And you, you, you know, you can take your time. We can talk about stuff, but we're not going to give you an hour here to eat this cup of mayo. You got to get oh. it down. God, it's so gross. <laughs> do you even it's have just, mayo in your house since you hate it this much? I do. I see. That's the thing. Like, I like it on sandwiches and stuff, but only like a sandwich-sized amount. Anything more than that, and I want to throw up. Like, I, I mean, yeah, mayonnaise is pretty gross. I love it, like on a burger. But yeah, if you just have a on a burger, <gasps> that's the best time to have mayonnaise. What, what are, are we in about? Canada? No, no, no. You if if you hand me a burger without mayo, it's not. Yeah, I'll eat it still, I guess. But I'm not gonna be happy about it. I want my mayo on the burger. It makes it. It makes the burger. Do you put ketchup and mayo? You know, I could live without the ketchup, but sometimes I'll put the mustard and ketchup and mayo. I like sauces. I'm a sauce girl. <laughs> you like the sauce? Got it. Yeah. Uh, my wife puts mayo and ketchup on a burger. It drives me crazy. All right. So now I will do this. Can I, is there any way I can get out of this? Can we make more predictions, Super Bowl predictions? Like I nope. will do anything to get out of this. No, I already won. So uh, I'm, I'm not, you should have asked this before we went over the results and I true. probably would have, you know. Yeah. You caved. don't have much of an incentive to, uh, to back down now. All right. So I will do that next week. I, during our Super Bowl predictions, I will pay off the bet with the mayonnaise. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl predictions, we are going to have a ton of bets and picks for you next week, but there is something you like a lot right now, Michelle. And look, when there's something that really jumps out to you, timing is everything. So what is the bet that you think people should make right now? Yeah, before the line moves. I mean, we got a long time here before the Super Bowl, so I'm sure the line will go up uh, at some point. But Joe Mixon, over 26 and a half receiving yards. I love that over for him. A, he's done it in each of the last five games. He's been a heavy part of their receiving game because their running game has been so bad. They kind of just like have to not go to it as often, even though they're running on first down way too much and just failing <laughs> incredibly. But now you also have CJ Uzama. I know I always say his name Uzama. wrong. Uzama. I like I know it's two ways and I always go with the other way. Uh, he sprained his MCL. He is saying he's going to try to play. But like that seems really optimistic. Like, I don't know. That seems really fast to come back from. Even if he does play, I expect limited snaps. So they're going to have to pass more to the other weapons. And the Rams have allowed 50 plus receiving yards to both of the running backs in the last two games. So Leonard Fournette had 56 yards against them in the divisional round. Last week, Elijah Mitchell put up 50 receiving yards against them, and he's not a receiving back like whatsoever. So with the way Mixon's been used, he's been hitting this over. I love, love that line for him. And if you wanted to throw the under on his rushing, I don't think he gets 63 and a half. There's many reasons for that. We can go over that next week. But if you want to get that line right now, under 63 and a half rushing yards for him, but over receiving. 
You never pick under bets, too. So that's you must really be confident in that one. He's been so bad on the ground. And it's not all him. Obviously, the line has been rough, but averaging 3.3 yards per carry over his last eight games. And the Rams run defense has all of a sudden gotten dominant in the playoffs, like killer. So I don't I don't think he comes close to that. All right. Well, there you have it. Make your Super Bowl bets early. Part of this is shopping around. Look where you can get the best number. And like you said, you want to get it before the line changes. And I think that the action on the game is really going to pick up next week. That's when really like it feels like it picks up a lot of steam. And I feel like the way it usually goes with the Super Bowl, in my experience, especially if you're there, is early in the week, everybody's on one team. It's like, I don't know what it is, but like somehow we we make predictions. And then as the week goes along, by the end of the week, the general consensus flips to the other team. I don't know why it works like that, but it seems like no matter who is in the Super Bowl, that's how it works. And I totally expect that to continue. I, I think that people will be on. If I had to make the guess right now, I would say that people will be on the Rams early in the week. And that by the end of the week, people would be saying, I don't know, Joe Burrow, I think the Bengals are going to do it. That's my prediction. I think the Rams win this game, but the line uh, minus four and a half. I think that's a little, little too big. So right now I'd be taking the Bengals points, but I do think the Rams overall win that game. Okay. So before we go here, uh, and I'm just so disappointed and distracted now, this mayonnaise is living rent free in my head. <laughs> uh, you had a couple of free agent targets for the 49ers. And, and I like this because what I have said is that they can't get too attached to their own guys, right? They've got a lot of guys that are free agents that they signed to one year deals because of the weird salary cap situation last year with COVID and the cap going down. And I want them to put this whole run it back thing to bed and just look to upgrade everywhere. Do not get attached to the guys that you have. So who are the two targets you like for the 49ers? Listen, I think we all know the secondary is a huge need for upgrades here, right? Like, yes, the pass rush helped them out, but maybe you don't have to get so creative and so crazy if you actually have some solid pieces back there. Tyron Matthew is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. And with the cap space you'll be getting from Jimmy leaving, that's $24 million right there. They don't have much cap space at this moment, only $2 million. But with that $24 million, you're going to be able to bring in a couple really good pieces. And I think Tyron Matthew, you ask him, what do you want? Like, what's going to take to get you away from the Chiefs? Because he's going to want to resign with them, right? Like, you're a Super Bowl contender every year. But are they going to be able to afford him the same way other teams can pay him? We don't know. So, they got to go all in on getting this man. Tyron Matthew does not drop that interception that Tart dropped. Like, you know that for <laughs> sure. He creates interceptions. He doesn't drop easy ones. Or And then if I guess if that falls through, he stays with the Chiefs or signs somewhere else for a crazy amount of money. Jesse Bates the third, really, really good safety for the Bengals. He's playing in the Super Bowl right now. But, I mean, he's been a solid safety for the last few years. Like, he's been really, really good for the Bengals. So I think that's another nice option there if Matthew falls through. Bring them both in. Who really cares, right? I mean, I guess there's not really room for both free safeties, uh, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> but so that wouldn't make sense. But they really just need to upgrade that whole secondary. We have some nice corners on the market this offseason as well. You got JC Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Carlton Davis, like some nice options there. I would love to see them bring in one corner and one safety, really just help them overall. So it doesn't have to be the pass rush gets to them with four or fewer, you know people blitzing or you know they're going to create a big pass like it'd be nice if you could trust your secondary at all 
Right. Like instead of the the defensive line uplifted the secondary this year, there's no question. They got so much pressure that they helped bail them out. It'd be nice yeah. for the secondary to maybe return the favor a little bit. And I love the idea of Tyron Matthew in the secondary. I love it, number one, because he's such an intelligent player. And I think that's a real strength of the 49ers with Jimmy Ward and Fred Warner. I love the idea of adding another really smart veteran player there, especially at another level of the defense. And you're right. He is a ball hawk. He creates big plays. And that's what the 49ers do not have anywhere in their secondary, really. And so... I would, he would change that defense. I yes, really think so. They, he would create so he would be like Minka Fitzpatrick when they brought him in in 2019, where it was just like the the pass rush was so good and he was able like a lot of the interceptions just came to him, right? But he was always in the right spot, and I feel like that's exactly the role Matthew could play. Like he just he knows where to be. He's smart, and I he's the perfect piece for that 49ers offense to just take that level up. Just they. They're right. already so good. Just level up. And I, I think he's the one free agent they just need to focus in on and go after. I think D'Amico Ryans would come up with some creative ways to use Tyron Matthew to give him a chance to sort of flex his muscle there a little bit. I agree that it's going to be tough to get him away from the Chiefs because I do think he likes it there. He's talked about wanting to stay, but also like the realities of the situation are you can't always keep everybody all the time. And I think if he was going to leave the Chiefs, He's not going to go sign with like the Panthers. He's going to sign with a team that he believes can contend. And look, I think it would be enticing as hell. And if I was Jimmy Ward or Fred Warner or Nick Bosa or any of the start the recruiting now, man. I, I, yeah, if the 49ers can just offer him a little bit more than the Chiefs, he might start considering it because I just feel like the 49ers are that like team that players really want to go to for some reason. Kyle Shanahan, you know, is a good coach. We talked crap on him earlier this year. I did. Anyways, so I will I. admit he's a great coach. Um, and D'Amico Ryans is just a really intriguing coach to get to go play with. So I don't think it's going to take that much more to get him away, but you probably will have to offer more than the Chiefs. I don't even care. Just give him a blank check. <laughs> I just really love this this match for him. I think that that's part of the reason that you saw the send-off, though, for Jimmy Garoppolo that you've seen where they gave him the floor, the farewell press conference. I think the 49ers know that like other players are watching and they see, like, hey, San Francisco treats their players really, really well, even a guy that they know they're getting rid of. I think that is attractive to people, especially someone like Matthew, who, like we said, is looking for more than just top dollar. He's looking for the right fit. And I think that matters to people. Players always talk among one another. And I think if if he were to inquire about people that have played with the 49ers or that are on the 49ers right now, their reputation is fantastic. I think that's one of the biggest credits to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch is that they have restored the good name of the 49ers, which was down in the toilet for a while. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm really big fan of this free agent class overall and the secondary group that's available so they really need to come out strong and be giving nice offers like immediately and i think like a splash on day one with one of these guys one of the secondary could just change their entire defense next year would you what's the biggest priority for you is it secondary is it fixing the right side of the offensive line or is it somewhere else I, it's definitely secondary for me there's offensive like they can obviously um improve in other areas, especially among the offensive line. But I, I think the biggest area that you need to focus on where we saw all year long, that was the weakness was that secondary. And when teams knew they could pick on him, right? Pick on either side of the, the field and they're going to succeed in most games. Like that's the area you need to improve in the most. 
can we just not run out somebody like a Josh Norman? Josh Norman started multiple games oh, for the 49ers gosh. this year. They that were better once they sat him. That's for sure. hundred percent. Josh Norman off the field. He was so bad. He was hideously bad. They were starting guys off the street. So I would like to see some depth there. Frankly, if you could clone Emmanuel Mosley, I would be totally fine with that. They don't need to go out and get a superstar corner. They just need to get somebody that's friggin' reliable enough. They just did not have that in key spots. So we'll see what the 49ers do. I like that suggestion by you, though. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Again, we remind you, rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. We are not going away. We are not going anywhere. And we have a ton of good stuff coming up for you next week. There are going to be a bunch of good guests rolling through for Super Week. We're going to have a lot of things that you're going to want to see. Vernon Davis is going to join us. Deion Sanders will join us at one point. Bart Oates, a former offensive lineman who was on the Super Bowl team in 94, is going to join us. There are a ton of good things going on. And, Michelle, I don't know if you know this. I'm going to interview Russell Wilson. Oh, my goodness. What are you doing that? I'm doing it on Friday of next week. I might just yell at him the whole time and just curse at him for just the misery that he has put me and 49ers fans through since he was drafted. Do you think that would be appropriate? Uh, maybe not, but I am extremely <laughs> jealous. And the thing is, you're going to be talking to me on Friday and Russell Wilson. Like, that's not even like, that's not even cool. Like, I just know that that can, we change places and um, I get to go talk to Russell Wilson. You, you don't even like him. You don't even like him. I have told Russell Wilson to his face that I hate him. Did I ever yeah, tell you so that story? I love Russell Wilson. He's going to be the next Steelers quarterback. Damn it. Not Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> it's going to be Jimmy G. We're putting it into the atmosphere right now. Keep telling yourself that. Look, you're going to have to just brace yourself, Michelle. It's coming. And when it does, I'll be there for you. And we can, we'll can we get through it together next year because it'll just flip. And I'll still have to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. The Seahawks would actually be a great fit for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it will never happen. They're not going to trade inside the division. Or maybe they will because they know they can beat Jimmy Garoppolo. How about that? That would be like so telling. You will find out a little bit about what they think about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, remember when the the Eagles traded McNabb to Washington? That's just them telling the world, like, we're this guy stinks. Like, we don't think this guy is any good. We're not worried about. <laughs> we him would at love all. to play you twice a year. Thank right. you. Right. That's what the Forty Nine. That would be hilarious if it happened. Anyway, everybody. Again. Big show next week for us. Super Bowl props will make you a ton of money for that game. Enjoy your week off. Maybe you've got some things you got to do. I'm, I know I'm going to see uh, the Spider-Man movie on Sunday this weekend. I'm very Ooh, excited. Big plans, Grandpa. I haven't been to a movie in about two and a half years. So I'm excited. That's like the first date I've had with my wife in quite some time. So enjoy Aww. the week off, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye, y'all.